that's actually why we named this series Heaven Now and Forever. Amen to that. Because it isn't just this future thing that we're going to go to. It is a current reality. Now, it's not here fully. And that's right. why, and that's where the Tension. confusion lies. Mm. We, again, we have thought of it as a place above us, a place we're going to go when we die. But with Jesus, we discover that actually it is so much bigger and so much better. But there is this place of tension. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to our bonus podcast of, from our new series called Heaven Now and Forever. And my name is Daniel Goulet, and I'm going to be one of your hosts through this whole series. And I get the privilege and honor to direct the School of Kingdom Ministry, and I'm also a pastor on staff here, and excited to be joined with Julie Yoder. Hey. Yep. My name's Julie, and I have the privilege of co-leading the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois, along with my awesome husband, Mike. And we have another guest with us today, John Sikora, who is our discipleship pastor. Hey, excited guys. to have him. Yeah, really glad to be here with you. I'm excited for this conversation. Yes, gonna this is going to be good. So like I said, we just launched a new series called Heaven Now and Forever. And let me just say that there are many, many questions and firmly held beliefs about heaven. It's actually a pretty hot topic. And so in this series, we're actually going to begin a journey and talk about four main topics. Now, there's so many things we could talk about, but we've distilled it down to four main topics, and that is heaven, judgment, paradise, and then we're going to end with hell. Yes. (laughs) It is such a big topic. And the truth is there are whole books written on each of these four topics that we picked within kind of the bigger topic of heaven. And so we we don't have um, near enough time to cover everything in depth. And that's one reason why we're actually having this conversation is to give a little bit more space. Uh, when our core preaching team was meeting this spring, we were brainstorming ideas, trying to listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying to us about what our next message series sh- should be. And Diane Lehman, who's my mom and our founding pastor, part of that core team, suggested a series on heaven. And we looked back, we actually haven't done a series on this topic since 2011. Wow. So it's been a long time. And as we just began to dig in and read some resources, it really felt like the Holy Spirit was breathing on this. And so we're excited to jump in um, and see where he wants to take us. Yeah. And like Julie said, our hope with this podcast is just to go a little deeper in these subjects and begin to answer some of the many, many questions we all have. Uh, But we do have a huge disclaimer. We are not the experts. That's right. There is still tons of mystery surrounding heaven, hell, judgment, paradise. What does all that mean? But there are some really clear things in scripture uh, that bring some clarity that we want to really draw out. And there's also lots of experiences. It's amazing the books and the movies, you know, based on real life experiences. Uh, I even have friends that have had very surreal, crazy, you know, throne room experiences. And, you know, there's always a challenge here. Is that real? Did you make that up? Like, mm-hmm. what? how do we know for sure? And I would just say, as we delve into this whole thing, like, there's nothing about faith that doesn't take faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. That's good. So uh, w- why would it take anything else? It, you know, to, to believe in things that we cannot yet see that are somewhat unknown, there's still some mystery. And so in all of this, know that there's still a lot of mystery, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of really cool things that the Lord has revealed. Absolutely. So I thought it would be awesome for us to start 
uh, maybe with kind of an icebreaker question, get us thinking about heaven. And so maybe why don't we all just take a minute to answer, what was your first experience with the idea of heaven? Wow, that's a deep icebreaker question. It is, you know, (laughs) hey, go big or go home. That's what I say. Uh, For me, you know, I was a young kid when I first started thinking about heaven. My, my dad died when I was six. And at the time, heaven wasn't something I'd ever thought about. Death wasn't even something I had thought mm-hmm. about. Um, I remember a month after my dad had died, roughly, standing in the kitchen with my mom and, and just really innocently asking her, like, when's dad coming home? Um, and so, you know, my mom, very wisely, she got me into therapy. Uh, that, you know, that social worker helped me understand what death was, or at least what a six-year-old can understand death to be. Hey, I watched my dad get buried and put under the ground, but I still hadn't understood that that's where his body is, mm-hmm. um, or at least that's what you know I thought. And it was after that point that um, I began to, to kind of encounter this idea of heaven because, okay, my dad's dead, what does that mean? And I, I adopted kind of what was, was shared with me, this like bland mishmash of, of all these different ideas, some from our Catholic uh, background that I've been raised in, some from pop culture beliefs. And honestly, some of it was just like wishful thinking. Like that, that wishful thinking really entered into my understanding of what heaven was. So I can remember this moment, I was visiting his grave with my mom and I, I thought, my dad's watching me. Like he's an angel. He's watching me. I, I never thought to think like, where did he go or where did he come from? Um, I also had, like, you know, as kids wrestling through these things, I would, I would play video games and like I would get a high score or I would, I would lose. And I would think my dad influenced that. Like, mm. like he caused like me to, to get the high score today. Just really kind of, you know, mm. trying to wrap. I, I, I was grasping, trying to figure out what, what heaven was, where, where my dad was. Um, so for years, I found that really hard to accept. Uh, you know, it's kind of not answering the question of, of heaven, but you'll see in a moment it does. There was a while as I was growing up, a couple years later, I kind of wondered, like, is my dad like a secret agent? I, I, this sounds kind of silly, right? Yeah. But this was the true thoughts of, you know, at this point, a nine or 10 year old, like maybe he's doing something really important somewhere and he had to go away and someday he's going to come back. Like really hoping. Yeah. 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 Wow. Like I had such a deep longing mm-hmm. for this understanding of, of what happens after death. And, you know, eventually that, you know, I realized he's not physically coming back, but that idea transferred to a, a I wouldn't have called it this then, but a spiritual or supernatural idea that even though he's not physically going to come back and tell me, maybe someday I will spiritually get to talk with him again, yeah. um, which of course aligns with, you know, a, a very common understanding of heaven. And that that's really what flavored my initial understandings of yeah. what you, what happens after you die. What is heaven? You go and you reunite with all your loved ones. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It, it's amazing how intermingled you know, you start with the idea of heaven, but it's so connected with obviously death and yeah. just traumatic experiences often, yes. you know, that it's really difficult to deal with. How, how about you, Julie? What, what comes to your mind? Yeah, what comes to my mind is in fifth grade, my dad's brother, who was in his late 40s, 
died of a heart attack. And it was incredibly traumatic for my dad, for our family. I had never seen my dad cry before. Mm. And that was the first time that I'd ever seen him cry. And I remember going to the visitation. That was the first time I'd ever seen a body or ever really thought about heaven in a real practical sense, because I had never really been around death. I mean, I was only a fifth grader at the time. I remember my grandma standing over uh, the casket and saying, you should never have to bury a child. Mm. And I saw just deep grief. Now, at the same time, my uncle did believe in Jesus, and I saw how much comfort that was bringing people, that he was with Jesus, that he was in a better place. Um, And I think I started to kind of think of heaven as in those terms, a better place. Um, That was a phrase I think I heard my parents say and other people say. I didn't really know what that meant, um, but that was really my first memory of and my first encounter with death and then thinking about heaven was when I was about 10 years old. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Daniel? I was like really trying to think of, did I ever ever think about heaven when I when I was younger? I know like when my dad died in my 20s, like obviously, you know, and I didn't know Jesus then, like that, that was definitely, but earlier I did have these heavenly experiences, maybe you could call them. Hmm. Um, and I'll just share them real quick. I, I think I was like maybe seven years old. And I had this um, huge, I, I would, it was a definitely a nightmare, but it was one of those real nightmares. Like it, it felt so real yeah. that there, and I saw dead people everywhere and I woke up and I still saw them. And I ran into my parents' bedroom and just said, there's a dead man in my room. There's a dead man in my room. And then, and then I just ran around the house, like freaking out. And I remember my mom like, just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm like, just looking at her and yelling, there's dead people everywhere, you know? Mm. And it was like a very surreal experience. Wow. It was almost like a glimpse of hell, I, you know? And then, so that was one experience that I didn't really have explanation for. But then then another experience um, also hap- started in a dream. And I was, I vividly remember this. I'm I'm on this balcony and I'm sharing with my friends. And so this is a few years later, I'm sharing with my friends of what I'm going to do with my life and all these kind of things. And, um, and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. And all of a sudden this bluish whitish figure comes over and overwhelms me and everybody screams and goes, oh my gosh, what is this? And, and I wake up as if in a nightmare and that bluish whitish thing was still there. And then I watched it almost like walk away and it like went toward the closet. Were you scared? I was, I was scared, but in a weird way. It wasn't like the other one Mm -hmm. where Hmm. it was dead people. This, this was like, I was more in shock. Now, now that I know the Bible and I read the Bible, it's kind of like, and you know, they were gripped with fear and they (laughs) fell to their face. It was, it kind of felt like that kind of moment where it was, I would guess an angelic, an angelic visitation. I don't, I don't, and I don't even really know the purpose, but those are my two like encounters with like heavenly spiritual things that really made me go, wow, it's, this is real, real, very, very different than this world for sure. So. Yeah. Really powerful. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you can, as you're listening to this or uh, driving in the car or at your home, 
start asking that question of your family and just see just see what they think because I think that you know that gets us uh, talking in the right direction and just like yeah what do we believe mm-hmm. yeah and you might find you know uh, you know Julie and I your our stories both that we just shared involve death Daniel you you talked about death if you, if you do engage with your family in this just be be ready death can be hard to talk about sometimes mm-hmm. yeah but if you stay focused on the hope that that can really provide a lot of comfort to be able to to speak about death in a way that's actually um, helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's dive in a little bit and just maybe think about heaven a little more specifically. Like when you hear the word heaven, what do you think of? What images come to mind? I don't know who wants to go yeah. first, but well, I think we've been so influenced by culture and <laughs> yes. and yeah. movies and uh, yeah, just everything that surrounds us when it comes to thinking about heaven and hell, um, but specifically heaven. I mean, I think it's hard for most of us not to think of the sky, of clouds, of yeah, things that we do read in the Bible, like pearly gates or streets of gold, but it feels very. Um, otherworldly. Yeah. I think that's what I think of when I think of heaven. Yeah, um, like honestly, you know, I, we when we were talking about this before, you know, talking about this question, what are we going to talk about? I think of clouds. I think of <laughs> chubby angels uh, floating around. I, every cartoon Why that you can, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's what's well in the fed. movies. They're well fed. <laughs> They're well fed. They have grapes. You know, I don't know. But I, I think of those things first. And then it kind of delves into more what I, I think I know to be true, like streets of gold and a new Jerusalem and you know, the earth being recreated and yeah. stuff like that. But like my first thoughts are kind of these yeah. weird cultural, you know, puffy clouds. And yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, it, it's connected to, you know, my initial understanding of heaven, which uh, I actually think about heaven. The first thing, if I'm really paying attention, the first thing that comes to mind is a color gradient. Hmm. It's um, like a reddish orange, like a sunset color wow. gradient. Hmm. And I think for me, that has a lot to do with, the time of my life of of when my dad died and and visiting his grave and it'd often be after after you know in the evening hours and so I'd often see these sunsets and so yeah if, I, if I'm paying attention to myself it's hmm. it's this color gradient of red to orange hmm, that's so fascinating because for me I think of blue yeah me too. Yeah. I oh. think of blue. I think of blue. Blue and I, white. Yeah, blue and white when I think of heaven. Wow. Well you guys must be right though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we're all wrong. I have no idea. Um so well Julie, you just preached a sermon yeah. mm-hmm. on this and great job. And I know you've done lots of research, but yeah. maybe just talking about some things that you found in scripture or even sure. all the research, like what is heaven? Yeah. How would you describe it that, since you've you know delved into this more deeply? Yeah. And so, okay, I'm going to back up just a little bit so that we can kind of understand the context with which we're talking. So what I think one of the issues we face is that when we talk about going to heaven, Mm. that is often what we say when someone does die. Yeah, We say they are going to heaven or they went to heaven. And I think when we look at scripture and we really look at what actually is written out, um, there is a little bit of a misunderstanding. And I think this is jarring to people because it feels confusing or like maybe they've misunderstood. And I actually think there's a little bit of shame in this whole area of like, oh, I didn't know the right thing or Mm. I believed something that was wrong. And I think we want to actually break shame down and just say, you have no place here. And we're all on a journey of discovering what the Bible really means and what Jesus is all about. So 
What we would say is that when you die, you go to paradise. And we're going to spend an entire week talking about that. In fact, Jesus famously says to one of the thieves um, who repents when he's being crucified next to Jesus, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, the scripture doesn't talk a ton about this intermediate place, but there is a place that we go when we die that that, um, is before heaven. We call this, like I said, paradise. And the amazing thing is that we believe you are immediately in the the arms of the Father. You are immediately in his presence when you die. Now, we don't 100%, again, understand all that's happening during that time. Some people believe in soul sleep. We don't believe in soul sleep. That's Mm -hmm. where kind of the soul goes to sleep until... Heaven comes. Yeah, and there are some scriptures that even, you know, well, Paul will say, well, yeah. oh, they've fallen asleep or yes. something. And so maybe that's where they get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there are some, again, some even some of the resources that we've listed out that you can kind of dive into, mm. you can learn a little bit more about that. Um, we know from near-death experiences, I think uh, maybe one of you is going to talk about a near-death experience, maybe, uh, at some point during this. Oh, maybe not. Okay, well, maybe in, a, <laughs> maybe in another episode, maybe in another episode. But, you know, we know from near-death experiences... People, there, there's some crazy stories. Yes. Yeah. And so, again, there's just a lot that we don't know. But let's get back to the, the question, what is heaven? Mm-hmm. Well, part of the issue is we have thought of heaven above us, yeah. earth in the middle, and hell below us. But that's actually not a very Jewish perspective. And we need, to, when we're reading the Bible written from a Jewish perspective, we want to understand the context with which we're reading. And how they would have understood it is actually, instead of two circles on top of each other, imagine two circles next to each other where the circles can actually connect and overlap like a Venn diagram. Yeah. Now the teacher in me is so happy yes. because Venn diagrams are such a powerful tool in teaching. Like, the Lord knew. I'm like, Lord, yeah. thank you for this Venn diagram. So I want to- I can us, picture it. You can, can picture, picture it. it in my mind. Yeah, you can picture it, it, right? it's a great picture. So it's where heaven and earth are side by side and they are merging back together. And so yeah. there's an overlap there. Yeah. And so heaven will happen when Jesus returns and a new heaven and a new earth are created. And so it is a physical place, but it's actually here on earth and it will happen when Jesus comes back. He will judge everyone and then we will be resurrected and the restoration of all things will happen. So it is a physical place, yeah. but it has not happened fully yet. Yeah, it makes me think about one of these questions that were was uh, asked on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for sending in some questions. Like, what will it look like? Ooh. Great question. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know if you have I any haven't thoughts. done as much research. Yeah. Um, I'm only uh, I'm only halfway through the book that you asked us to read, Julie. <laughs> Let's just be real. No shame here, like Julie said. Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. Yes. It's actually really good. Yeah. yeah it, check it out. It's a wonderful book. And, and to, just on that point of shame, like if you're listening to this, there are things that I have discovered about what scripture says in the last three weeks that... Yeah. have already changed my mind. Yeah. I love it. And so you have full permission to ask the good questions. All right. But in thinking about the question, what will heaven look like? I don't have a great answer, but I wanted to share something that stuck with me. Hmm. Um, I used to have this roommate and he was an athlete, uh, but he lost his leg to, to bone cancer. Hmm. And you know, he, he just couldn't do the sports anymore that he played. And, you know, being his roommate, we'd have these deep conversations into the night about all sorts of things. And it would often turn to questions about the afterlife. And I don't know exactly how this played out, but my friend was convinced that someday in heaven, he'd be playing baseball with Jesus. Hmm. 
And, and that imagery has stuck with me. And this was 10 some years ago. It has stuck with me because there's an idea of in heaven, we'll do all the things that we love mm-hmm. with all the people that we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll be perfect skies and, and the right conditions. And that I think is um, maybe something that we often all think of when we think of heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I love, you said this to me the other day. Um, you said that heaven will be like earth 2.0. Yeah. Like, mm. an, like an upgrade. Yeah. And I like to think of it when, when we think about what will it be like, what will it look like? I, I feel like it's going to be familiar, but unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like there's this tension that's going to be. And I mean, the Bible actually in Revelation 21, you can go and read about the new Jerusalem, the new city that God is going to uh, create. And it's incredible. It's mm-hmm. majestic. It's almost incomprehensible. Yeah. The jewels and the luxury and the beauty, because everything is the Lord. And so I think that is a beautiful thought to think of. I think that our brains can't comprehend. Com- can't yeah. comprehend. Yeah. And yeah. I think actually our imaginations get in the way, whether we have a really vivid yep. imagination or whether we lack imagination. Yeah. I think the imagination actually kind of goes ag- against us understanding. Yeah. And I think that's why movies are so influential is because if we can't imagine it, then we're going to take what we've seen and kind of grafted into our own understanding. Oh yeah, we're letting someone else's imagination right, influence. Exactly. Well, and really scary. I've heard more and more people say, like, why would I want to live in heaven? Like, I don't. I, like, why would I want to live? They've for heard eternity? the wrong story. They've heard yes. the wrong yeah. story. And I think even too, like, we know that there's going to be worship in heaven. And I'm a huge worship yes, person. Right, Everyone knows right. I, I can't sing, but I am the lead worshiper. Yes. Um, but like, I actually think that has turned some people off because mm-hmm. they think to themselves, like, it sounds terrible, boring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that's there is going to be so we believe there's going yeah. to be so much more than worship. Yeah. I mean, I think worship is going to be a huge part of it, but I think there's going to be work. Yeah, um, I yeah. think there's going to be relationships and there's scriptures that kind of corroborate, right. like hint toward right. this. And two, I think also people are very confused about will we be united with yeah. loved ones? Will we be married? There's some scriptures that kind of say that it's not going to be like it is here on earth. And there's a lot of opinions. I think that we absolutely have to approach this topic of what is heaven with the three things that we are going to, we laid out this past Sunday. Yeah. That is that we want to be hungry mm-hmm. for what does the Bible say? Yeah. We want to be humble. We don't have it all figured out and we want the Holy Spirit's help. Ultimately, he's the best teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Julie, you referenced uh, Revelation 21, and I, I'm just fascinated by the last part of, of the verse that you reference. It says, um, the, for the old order of things has passed away. The yeah. old order of things has passed away. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah, it's a fascinating idea. Yeah. yeah, well, one of the things when I, when I looked at this question, what will it look like? I, I also had the thought, you know, obviously we believe in an experiential God. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, what will it feel like? You know, and then it goes <laughs> right to me. It's like one of the, I, I think one of the, my favorite verses about heaven is no pain. Yes. No death. Yep. We read that this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Right. No weeping, you know, just no weeping, like joy. Yeah, like 21. Real, yeah, yeah. It's Revelation Enjoy 21. Yeah. So yeah. go read Revelation 21 is what we have to say. Yes. Yeah. So, and when you think about like those great feelings, like immediately, this is so dumb, but I thought to myself, like when you have clean sheets mm. and at night you go and like <laughs> get into like the clean sheets, like it's like those weird little things that like in your mind, you're like, this is such a good feeling. Yeah. Like 
those things are going to be in such abundance mm-hmm. that I love to think about that. Like the simple pleasures, right? I don't know. Totally. I, I'm, I'm weird, I'm but I love like, clean sheets. I, like cotton silk. like <laughs> Cotton for sure. <laughs> Daniel? Uh, what? Cotton or silk or something else? Oh, I don't even know. Like silk is a little, little too slippery <laughs> for me. <laughs> I'll just say that. I've actually had those sheets before and I'm like, mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I have one question here, and uh, you just briefly mentioned it, but I, I think this important is is important as we address these kind of topics that do have a lot of mystery. Like, if there's so much mystery, how do we know which one is right? Mm-hmm. And you you just mentioned humility and hunger yeah. and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how. Maybe each of us could just say one way we we stay open. You know, mm-hmm. we stay hungry or we stay humble or we invite the Holy Spirit. Is is there there's something that comes to mind, especially when it's these really hot topics that, I mean, the people, we all have very strong beliefs about things, yeah. you know? And as we, as I've discovered, like, oh, this is what heaven is. And then someone has a different idea. Mm-hmm. I can find myself being like, that's wrong. You know, yeah. I don't know. Any thoughts there? Go for it. Yeah. So the book that we were referencing before that um, we've all been reading by N.T. Wright, um, Surprised by Hope, he he talks about how much, and Julie, you already mentioned this, but he talks about how much our understanding and belief about the afterlife, the heaven, uh, influences and impacts how we live our lives mm-hmm. today and yeah. what we what we understand our, our, our identity to be and, and, and what the purpose of the church is. Um, Tell me the question exactly again. I think the question is, how do we know our version is right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And so- With so much mystery. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. That helped me. So with that that, that, that implies a deep importance that we have to know what's right. And yet it's so hard yeah. mm-hmm. to try to wrestle through and come up with a clear, concise, this is exactly what heaven will be like. Yeah. Yeah. So what I loved about uh, the book is that that we were reading by N.T. Wright, he, he approaches what people would have understood Jesus to be saying when he talked about heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, and in some circles, you might call this like a contextual historical hermeneutic, right? That you're understanding not only what was written, but mm-hmm. to whom it was written, yeah. Yeah. why, when, what was going on. And so, you know, in the book, he, he talks about different Jewish beliefs and cultures and customs. Um, that really seems to be a good approach. It seems to be, for me, hard to go wrong with, hey, can we actually try to understand what Jesus meant when he was yeah. saying these words? That's good. And so that, that's where I take a lot of, of solace of, yeah, there is a deep mystery to this, but yeah. Jesus did mean something when he was communicating. We, we believe we have the accurate recorded words of Jesus. Yeah. So there should be something true that we can search out and find and discover from his words. Yeah. And he does talk about the kingdom of heaven a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about it a lot. I mean, for over 40 references, depending mm-hmm. on what translation you're using yeah. in, the, in the gospels alone. Yeah. You know, I think using the Bible really as your foundation. Yeah. And wrestling with those tricky passages. We've already mentioned a couple that mm-hmm. sound different or like you, you're like, okay, how was that really interpreted or what did they really mean here or what's the context? So I think using the Bible and then I think something that I so value about our church, we have a deep 
history of being learners. Mm. And so I think we posture ourselves to say- Holding holding it, but loosely, like open hands, teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Because actually understanding heaven is so important. Like I actually, I've gotten so convicted like in the last month or so as I've been studying this, because I'm like, I really truly do believe this. But what we believe about the end informs how we live our lives today. That's really good. And if we do not have healthy eschatology, and that is simply a big word that means our beliefs about the end, death, you know, where the destiny of our soul being and the world ends up. If we don't have a healthy eschatology, I believe that we aren't going to live lives to the fullest because in understanding the end, we can understand right now. And so I would say like, as you're reflecting on your own beliefs during this journey, what's the fruit of what you believe? That's good. Are you anxious? Yeah. Are you excited? Are you energized? Are you motivated? Are you discouraged? Are you depressed? I think that these are actually clues to us that we have maybe wandered off. And the Holy Spirit is so faithful. Like he's so faithful to redirect us and to teach us new things. I think that's a super exciting part about Christianity. It's a relationship that's alive, that we're learning new things all the time. And that's not, again, to bring shame. It's to say, thank goodness, I'm growing up. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I think that's really good because like culturally, I think you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket yep. or it, just burn it all or Jesus come back. I mean, yeah. now there are times that I've said that too, but yeah. it, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, but if you understand what what the end is and the earth is going to be recreated and what we're stewarding now is going to echo into eternity, like those are huge things. Well, even more mind blowing is that heaven has come to earth. Yeah. That in the Old Testament, you know, we see the presence of God in tabernacles and temples, but what happens through Jesus is that we become the carriers of God's presence, which means we are actually able to give heaven away to people when we pray for them, when we serve them, when we partner with God to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth. And that is mind blowing and humbling and exciting and also terrifying. It's like all these beautiful things wrapped into one. That's one of the things I love most about our church. For as foreign as the topic of heaven and the afterlife may be at times or may seem, it actually connects deeply into the things that are unique that we believe that brings so much life and hope that we actually get to be carriers of heaven, yeah. that we get to be part of extending the kingdom of God, yeah. that we actually have Jesus um, who has transformed us and who has given us a destiny of doing the same thing, not only of the people around us, but of the creation around us. Yeah. Like the picture you just painted, Julie, that, that's a beautiful, exciting vision. Yeah. yeah. It should invigorate us to like, okay, we're actually, we actually carry the solution to every problem on the earth. Yep. Yeah. And rather than just saying, you know, I'm just going to hold on till I get, you know, it's like a ticket yeah. to heaven. It's yeah. like, it, no, actually I get to release heaven onto the earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Like Amen. that, what a, I, I don't know what that's doing to you as you're listening, but mm-hmm. it should invigorate you yeah. and spark something to say, okay, Lord, how can I be a solution to a problem I'm seeing? Well, and that's actually why we named this series Heaven now and forever. Amen to that. Because it isn't just this future thing that we're going to go to. It is a current reality. Now, it's not here fully. And that's why, and that's where the confusion lies. Mm. 
we, again, we have thought of it as a place above us, a place we're going to go when we die. But with Jesus, we discover that actually it is so much bigger and so much better, but there is this place of tension. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the overlap, the overlap in that Venn diagram, if you can picture a Venn diagram, and if you saw the message that you, this will make more sense, but you know, heaven and earth overlapping in the middle was Jesus on the cross, but now is the potential to see pockets of the kingdom break in yeah. uh, to wipe out sin, to bring healing where there's brokenness, just to bring wholeness throughout the earth. And so that I think what we get to do here, I mean, what a what amazing privilege and honor. It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, Jules, something you said I think was so important for people to catch. I want to make sure that I heard you correct. Yeah. So I think it's really good. I think I heard you say that heaven is not either in the future or now. It's both and. Heaven is both in the future and now. Yes, is that, that is, that is what correct. That is what I'm saying. And yeah. I think, again, that is the message of the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. It has come and it is coming. Yeah. And so that, then we live in this place of tension where we can experience healing and hope and restoration and breakthrough. I mean, in my own life, I have crazy stories of how God has broken through. Yeah. But we have not yet seen the fullness. And I think that we almost can get confused or discouraged in this area because when we hear that heaven has actually come, but there's no gold streets. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And there's still brokenness. There's still people that don't get healed or they don't experience the freedom that we know Jesus paid for. Right. I think that would have been a topic that I would have loved to be able to maybe take a week on because it, it can so... You know, I think especially over a long period of time, I think someone can hear the message of the king, the kingdom of God has come and is coming at first, and they can be so excited to partner and like, oh my gosh, this is amazing news. But the truth is, like, over the long haul, over years and years and years, we can get jaded. Mm, We can get discouraged. We can see cynical, cynical, absolutely. Huge cynicism in the church and deconstruction. Absolutely. So I think, gosh, it would have been really fun to be able to take a week to say, like, don't be disappointed. That's why I actually loved the title of N.T. Wright's book, Surprised Surprised by Hope. And what I found is I'm listening to this book and I am literally like, this is the most amazing news ever. Like, I'm finding- We have good news. We have good news. Yeah. We have good news. Yeah. If you need any more reason to go (laughs) read this book, I'll give you one more. You can- So I, I- These days- Parent of three little kids, don't have much time to, to read a physical book, do an audio book like many people do. Mm-hmm. Just, I looked down the other day after I was listening, I was 10% of the way in, and I had already had so much to chew on and digest. Like, read this book, listen to this book, yeah. it will bring you hope. It'll help you to ask the right questions. Especially if you only have time to read one of the recommended resources we have. This is the book I would say read. And then probably the second one is Imagine Heaven by John Burke. That is the near-death experiences, really well-researched, but we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so Julie, um, you know, when you prep a message, when, you know, this happens to us all, like, there's so much material. Yeah. There's so much you could, you, you touched on the disappointment thing. I don't know if there's anything else yeah. that you're like, oh, I wish we could do more. Or even maybe we talk about some of the disappointment yeah. of, you know, just because there's this promise, the promise of, of heaven, earth mixing, no pain, no tears, all this mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's broken in now, but it's not fully here. I don't know if there's anything in that realm or if there's another place that, you wish you could have delved deeper that yeah. you, you want to connect about. Yeah, I mean, for sure we could dive deeper into 
the whole issue of just disappointment yeah. that heaven has come and it's not exactly what we thought it was going to be. Um, the only other thing I would say is it kind of goes back, circles back to the beginning part of our conversation. You know, the series is only four weeks long. I, I wish we could have actually maybe done a week on death and mm. how do we even process death as people who are still here on earth and um, how can we be comforted during, you know, seasons like of loss? Because I think that's another big, again, it's such a huge topic. So that would have been like a really fun thing to dive into, but we can totally go back to just the disappointment factor that I think some people wrestle with. Yeah. In terms I, of this. I just know like, and I don't know how you've dealt with, you know, we, we, we've lost some close people like mm -hmm. in the recent past year, even here on staff and just like, yeah. you know, you get to the point where you're just like, you know, especially when you believe in Jesus, you yeah. know, that they're in a good place. They're, mm -hmm. they're in paradise. They have no pain. They're healed. They're set free. And, and some of the loss, and I, I don't know, this has given me some comfort. Yeah. Is that oh, we just miss them. And it's a lot of mis mystery that we don't know why they weren't healed on this side of heaven. And I, I think that is what I've noticed in culture and just even knowing people that have left the church is that when they can't reconcile that tension, yeah. when you can't live with that tension, yeah. you go to one side or the other. And it, But this is it is kind of a life of tension. I think the lie becomes that no hope is better than a little hope. Right. And so hope, as a- Hope deferred is, makes the heart sick, right? So that's a verse. That's to, yeah. Totally. And so I think what ends up happening is kind of self-protection. We think, okay, well, if I don't believe in that, then I don't have to get my hopes up that it could happen. And I think that that damages so many people. Um, I think there's a lot of questions. And I don't think that we're going to have the answers that we want. Yeah. And I love what you even just said about mystery. I think yeah. so much of faith is embracing mystery, is saying, God, I don't understand. Um, one time I remember uh, something traumatic had happened to me. It was with one of the births of one of our boys. And afterwards, um, I was just not in a good place. Um, and my mom came in and was talking to me. And she said, I heard the Lord said that we are not to ask why. And I, in that moment, I was so angry because I was like, well, God could have done this and could have done that. And I could have, it could have been different, but it felt like a gift that it was hard for me to receive. And I think so often our brains are craving the why, the why, the why. And, and I concrete think answers. the concrete answers. And I can just say that Jesus is so faithful. While I did have to process things for a couple of years, I was eventually completely healed of the trauma of that birth. And I know he is faithful. Now it is mysterious. It is challenging. Not every prayer is going to get answered. Not every person is going to get healed. And I just have found that in my 40 years, I want to have hope. Even yeah. if hope hurts, yeah. I want to have hope. And my hope is in Jesus. And yeah, I think that's like one thing that's kind of that's helped really me, good. but you disciple yeah. people, John, you are good at like walking through yeah. life with people. So what yes. would you say like in this whole area? Yeah, it, it actually reminds me of something that happened some time ago. Um, I was pastor on call, which just simply means that if someone has a need or someone calls in, I was the first pastor that would be assigned to, to take care of them. And this, this person called in and they, I was told that they had some questions about baptism. I was like, oh, well at the time when they'd called in, we'd recently done baptisms. I, 
oh, hey, great. As they're, they're asking these questions, I'm, I happen to be the guy that leads baptism, our baptism team here. So I felt like I get pretty good direct answers. Yeah. And he kept asking hmm. the same questions, just in different ways. And now you guys also, of course, pastor people quite a bit. Like what comes to mind when someone does that to you? Well, the question is not the question, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's something, there's a deeper thing yeah. that he's trying to actually get at. Yeah, and, and for me, I had just recently had a couple experiences where people were trying to basically challenge and question our beliefs. And so my mind kind of went there like, oh, he's trying to catch me in a gotcha moment here. Mm. Um, this was, you know, all over the phone. I'm, I'm trying to imagine what this guy looks like, what his life is. And so he kept just asking these same questions uh, I stuck with him until he finished asking. Um, he was both like simultaneously really meek and mm. also really assertive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the image I had in him was of of being like this farmer who was both a sad puppy mm-hmm. and like a snarling wolf mm. all at once, if you can kind of capture that idea. Um, so he was asking about baptisms and I decided, you know what? Once he's done asking, I'm going to ask him some questions because like you said, yeah. Julie, taking care of people. And this, this I think comes to, to the question of we can't tell people A equals B equals C. This is exactly the formulaic what heaven is or isn't. But we can offer the hope and comfort that Jesus provides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, you know, he, he famously says it's better to mourn with those who are mourning, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. So I'm asking him some questions. Where are you from? He tells me another state. Have you ever been to our church? No. Huh. Hmm. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Yes. Okay. I said, you know, I've answered your questions about baptism, but can I ask you, why are you asking me them? And guys, that's where the entire tone of this conversation shifted. Hmm. He began to tell me that three days ago, his mother had passed away. Hmm. And she had been baptized by a local vineyard church in the state that he lived in. And he wanted to desperately know wow. whether or not he would see his mom again. Wow. Do, do you teach in your baptism class that you have to have a saving relationship with Jesus? Yes, we do. Do you think it's possible that our local church back in 2005 wow. asked my mom this question? Hmm. I told him, you know, I can't say for sure, but here's what I believe. People don't choose to get baptized unless they have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Amen to that. And so then what I was able to do, and this is the important yeah. part, yeah. I was able to pray with him and invite Holy Spirit to provide truth and comfort yeah. and peace. Good. Truth that I yeah. can't offer definitively in terms of what heaven looks like or how that'll all work. But I do know the person who does have those answers. Mm-hmm. And I was able to pray and the, the man received it. And it, it turned from this somewhat confrontational moment into a beautiful time of being able to to mourn with someone yeah. and then provide comfort. Yeah. So I, I do think the 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 intersection of death and the afterlife and heaven mm-hmm. with what do we do for people now? How do we care yeah. for them? It's yeah. so it's important. Huge. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Did that answer your question? That was great. Yeah. No, totally. And uh, it, it actually hits on one of the questions we had on Instagram. Just will we will we recognize our family members in heaven? It wasn't that one of the questions. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was hoping someone else would answer that. 
I would say that there's a lot that we just don't know. Um, I do think God is highly relational. We were born into families. We're a part of his family. Um, I hope that we recognize people. Yeah. There is scriptures that do say it. Yeah. But, you know, you don't know. Sometimes you're like, is this metaphorical? Is this, you know, you know, there's, there's still some mystery. There's still some mystery. So. Yeah. 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 Any final thoughts as we think about heaven and well, maybe, let me, maybe ask this, like we all have these ideas of heaven, mm-hmm. you know, maybe these cultural ideas. Um, what would you say uh, just to, to help us on the journey, what would you say as as we go through this series? Mm-hmm. What would be some helpful things that we we each could do to be more open, be more teachable, be more yeah? Is anything like that that comes to mind as we delve in this series? Anybody? Yeah, you know, going through this process and thinking about this, it made me aware of just how unaware I typically am mm. about this topic. <laughs> And so one really practical thing we can each do is just to practice identifying. Do these beliefs, do these cultural things I engage with, books, movies, TV, conversations, are they influencing mm. that's good. my heart? Yeah. Are they yeah, influencing my great. mind? And, are, and just begin even to, to identify that. Yeah, reinforcing the wrong narrative. Exactly, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, I would just say go on the journey with us. Yeah. You know, we're going to have weekend messages about this. We're going to have the podcast. We actually have a resource page that has book suggestions. You can watch. There's a movie we suggest. I mean, there's there's uh, we are talking about doing a playlist of worship songs that just reinforce like heaven. That's and cool. I've been listening to a lot of worship. I will just say worship songs are so powerful. And so we yes. want to make sure our theology is good. Yeah, because some of the some but of yes, the older hymns, hymns don't they give don't. good th- theology. Yeah. But I have been listening to some great music and we're working with our worship teams here. And so hopefully we're gonna get that playlist out. But I think engage. That's yes. what my that's what my encouragement would be is just engage. And that is going to look different for everybody. I'm going to do a shout out for small groups. If you're in your small group, you're going to be talking about this on your lifelines. Um, but yeah, definitely like open your heart up for what Jesus might want to teach you in this season. Yeah. And I would just say there is hope. Like if, if you've been discouraged, even by our culture and mm-hmm. what's going on in our world today, I'll say good. I watch reels and TikToks and and I can go down a rabbit hole that gets me so discouraged about what's happening on the earth that I could lose sight of what, Je- you know, Jesus won. He he won the yeah. battle and, you know, the enemy has been defeated. And I just think there is way more solutions, heavenly solutions to earthly problems than we even can see with our own eyes and, and hear with our own ears. And I think that's what God wants to do in this series is open our eyes to see what he's doing yeah. on the earth so that more of heaven can be released there. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Daniel, I just want to tell you what you just said, I think is should be so inspiring because it shifts the conversation from waiting to talk about heaven until someone dies. Mm. Mm-hmm. It shifts that conversation to what does heaven look like now? How is Amen. heaven breaking in? And so, Julie, your your suggestion and plug for small groups, like, guys, this is a great time Amen. to intentionally have these conversations. How is the kingdom of heaven, how is God's rule and reign breaking into our lives? Where do we want to see it more? How is he inviting us to partnership? And like yeah. you said, every 
problem has a kingdom solution. And that is, well, you didn't say that exactly, but the idea is yeah. Yeah. really good. Yeah, that's good. Julie, can you just pray us out? Absolutely. And- yeah. So Father, we just thank you for your truth and your wisdom. And we invite you to guide us on this journey over the next few weeks. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the teacher. And so we invite you to teach us in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you all for joining us. We're going to be doing this each week during this series. uh, So tune back in later. 